0: This episode will explore the principles of marketing and finance that are essential to the successful running of a social enterprise. While social enterprises are developing new inclusive ways of doing business, social investors are working alongside them to create flexible financing solutions to help them grow. This session looks at innovative ways of financing your enterprise, as well as how to storytell, how do you communicate what you do to your mom as well as to your potential investor? I am with Bame Modungwa, who works in the space of innovative finance at Bertha Center. So, Bame, for this episode, you got together with Tina Fisker-Henriksen, Impact Investments Project Manager at Bertha Center, and Ian Calvert, Project Leader for Red Bull Amapiko. They're very cool. And among other things, you chatted about innovative finance.
1: We did. Tina and I work together in the Innovative Finance Initiative at Bertha Mm -hmm. and what we do and what Tina will cover is essentially what is Innovative Financing. She'll introduce that to the listeners and also go into what financing options are available to you as a social entrepreneur. Essentially, what she's doing is walking the listener through the change from a donor model to income generation and looking at how your finances will change as the model changes.
0: And then you covered storytelling, getting the impact story right beyond the financials. Yes.
1: Ian Calvert, who runs the Red Bull Amapico Entrepreneurial Support Program, looks at storytelling. And that's essentially the marketing behind your organization. He will look at how do you storytell and how do you explain to somebody what your organization is about. And beyond just the elevator pitch, Ian will look at how to story tell including the Impact of your organization mm-hmm. So not just an ABCD Of your organization but rather Tell a story, give your investor An idea of how you came about this, this idea or this concept For your organization and really what Drives you to get up every day and then How do you package all of that Into a presentation for your investor
0: Make it sexy exactly. <laughs> Let's have a listen to that conversation
1: We're going to talk about finance first.
2: And Tina, to you, what does innovative finance actually mean? It's a very good question, Bami. Mm -hmm. And it means a lot of things to a lot of different people. For us, it's a way of kind of redefining the traditional financial instruments such as grants, equity loan and then tweak it so that it actually fits the needs of say a social entrepreneur which obviously has a very different profile than a traditional larger business the investors have to be a lot more comfortable with the risk that they're taking and that they have to be also intentionally targeting an impact mission so while we're seeing that a lot of social entrepreneurs are developing kind of new inclusive ways of doing business the social investors are working alongside them to create flexible solutions to help them grow and help them develop their business models and, and scale. While
1: I don't want this to turn into a finance lecture, um, could you just very briefly um, explain for those, you know, budding entrepreneurs out there, what these, you know, financing tools mean? So you spoke about grants, you know, equity, and debt. In layman's terms, what does that mean?
2: Grants has been used normally for the nonprofit sector. And now we're increasingly seeing them being used in very strategic ways to kind of seed social entrepreneurship. Grant basically is free money. It's Mm. the money that you don't have to get back to anybody. And that can be done in increasingly kind of innovative ways to to kind of tweak them to the needs. So while we can talk about a reimbursable grant, for instance, which is a grant that you're going to have to give back, but there's no interest, there's no additional cost, it's simply for the investor to then be able to use the money again. A loan is something that you're going to have to pay back, Mm. normally with a bit of an interest. So for an enterprise, that means that you actually have to plan your finances very well. Because if you've taken on a loan, you've exposed yourself to the risk of not necessarily being able to pay it back again. Mm. And if you have fixed terms that you have to pay back every month with an interest fee as well then that obviously puts pressure on an enterprise that's starting out that might not know when am I going to make my money. So then investors are also trying to figure out different ways of of making that product fit the enterprise. So that can be, for instance, a revenue participation agreement, which is another very fancy term, (laughs) but basically just means that I'm giving you a loan and the way that you repay me is as a percentage of your profit. So I'm kind of taking the risk alongside with you because if you make money, I make money. And mm. if you don't make money, I don't make any money either. Yeah. Which kind of brings us to the equity because that's normally how that works. Like okay. you take a, a percentage of the ownership of the business and then you take a percentage of the returns as well. So you're kind of trying to merge the different instruments. So then Bertha comes along
1: and says, we are going to take these tools and innovate them. So what is the process behind that?
2: So the way that we work, we are an intermediary, right? Mm. And we don't have any money that we're giving out ourselves. Well, that's a small lie, because we do manage a little fund for the, the university and for social entrepreneurs that are building out of our community. Um, but otherwise, that's not our key thing. Mm. We work with large impact investors, we work with corporates, we work with Ian, we work with the social entrepreneurs, and we kind of try to figure out and use the need as our starting point okay. and then we say okay if there's a need here how do we tweak the instruments and how do we figure out what kind of assets are in the system where the stumbling blocks are and how we redesign that whole process and so we design the instruments and the process for the investors and for the entrepreneurs
3: one of the interesting things is it's like everything in life it's a it's a journey and what's mm-hmm what the right financial instrument is right at the beginning of the process and the beginning of the idea is probably not where the the thing is going to end up you know in the early stage where you've got no proof of concept you haven't piloted the program you're not really going to have anybody either loaning you money or or taking equity in your business um, unless it's an absolute no-brainer so often and obviously it's tied to what 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 the nature of the entity is, you know, if it is sort of built around a non-profit model, then you are always going to be reliant on on grant funding, really. Yeah. Um, but for many, it, that might be the early stage, whilst they try to get off the ground. And if they can get that grant funding that doesn't have strings attached, it's the best kind. Yeah. But the long-term runway is such that the whole purpose of social enterprise is to try and move away from this non-profit mindset and at least have a sustainable business model so that at some stage you might then get to a point where you re-register either as a hybrid model or as a pty or whatever it might be and then once you've you've got a little bit of trading history you've got a business plan you've got a vision then at that stage you can start to have the conversations with the different kind of people so whether it's somebody uh you know some of the the governmental loans that are available or the 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 big impact investment funds that Tina and the guys deal with so it's it's really it's not one yeah exactly
2: yeah Yeah. Yeah. Ian is exactly right and what he's talking about is kind of those individual entrepreneurs well normally in when that happens you kind of bootstrap your business you go to what we sometimes call like the three Fs: the families and the friends and the fools Mm but for a lot of entrepreneurs in South Africa, that also is not necessarily an immediate resource that you have. So a lot yeah. of the entrepreneurs that Ian work with and that we work with, too, what happens when you don't have that immediate network that you can go to and you... you, you don't necessarily know somebody who works for a funder, and and you don't necessarily have savings that you can tap into. So what Ian is working with, and what we're also working with, is how do you then design an innovative finance program from people that are willing to take a lot of risk, don't necessarily mm-hmm. have to get their money back, and how do we attach a mentorship and a network to that that can help you walk that journey with you? So innovative finance and impact investing in all of these different terms is, is a big family of different investors that either goes from that very early stage saying, I'm going to bet on your idea, and I'm going to participate in this program. LifeCo is a really good example Mm. in South Africa. SAB Foundation is another good example. And then you have all the way up to bigger impact investors that want kind of like the returns of a traditional investor, but is betting only on, on businesses that combine kind of financial and social impact.
3: And I think the good news as well is that um, the whole area of social entrepreneurship is getting more traction. Mm. And, you know, a lot of um, companies, corporates are now running competitions, you know. And, and so some of, the, some of these projects, that sometimes the quickest way of getting it is, is to win a pitching competition where there yeah. might be a 20,000 Rand prize. Um, you know, the SAB Foundation run an amazing the social innovation awards program. And, you know, th- those, some of those competitions, some of those prizes, so it's not you don't have to go cap in hand for a donation. You know the rules up front. You've just yeah. got to, and I suppose that comes to what we're oh. going to talk about later, about how to tell your story well. Mm. Um, some of those prizes have really made a fundamental difference to some of the guys we work with. You know, yeah. you know 50,000 Rand for a startup uh, social enterprise is really its, its manna from heaven. Yeah. So um, I think there are all sorts of interesting ways arising now. Um, but it is, again, it's it's about that longer term journey.
1: Yeah, I have some questions um, on opportunities, funding opportunities for social entrepreneurs for you, Tina. But I think because we've spoken a lot about, you know, these entrepreneurs that Ian works with, and we've mentioned the program quite a bit. I want to just give you an opportunity to tell us what your program is about um, and expand on, on the work that you do
3: the program as as uh, as you mentioned up front you know i think what uh, without too much of a plug you know red bull's always been about trying to find talent mm. and develop that talent whether it's in sport or music or whatever and i think there's so much talent in our in our country and talent that is needed in the world right now where it's it's people trying to use you know, with great ideas, trying to make a difference in their communities, but don't necessarily have access to the resources that um, you know different parts of the community will be. So we've got some amazing, you know throughout the country, amazingly innovative young people who just who've got a great idea but just need to get that first foot on the ladder. And a lot of the the support that's available for social entrepreneurs tends to be further up that ladder. Mm. So what we try and do is identify these projects. Um, enable them in different ways. I mean, we run an academy program, which is the sort of the, the main um, sort of aspect of the program, but we run various weekend boot camps. We, we try and, we I suppose we try and demystify a lot of the, the this whole world of social entrepreneurship, okay. and then just use the connections and the platforms we have as a business to be able to to showcase these entrepreneurs, to give them the skills, to give them the basic understanding of business yeah. um, but it's really the important thing is that it's their project you know we're mm. there to support yeah. we're there to advise to connect but ultimately we're not there to to incubate them directly mm. and that's where you know the, with, with the ecosystem that's building sorry that's another grandiose term <laughs> for lots of people doing good things um you know there are lots of of really good support programs out there so we focus on the stuff that we're good at yeah um and then try and find opportunities for these guys to connect either with bertha or lifeco or whoever it might be to really work with them on an ongoing basis
1: what are some of the available funding opportunities for social entrepreneurs out there
2: That, of course, depends again on where on that journey that you are that Ian was talking about. There is a lot of ideation money available. Some even say that in South Africa nowadays, if you're looking for money to fund that idea that's under one million rand, you're actually not going to struggle because there's that many pitch competitions and everything available. Now, what the pitch competitions don't necessarily always do is that mentorship that's also crucial. So one of the instruments, just to kind of like get back to how, why we're talking about innovative finance, one of the instruments that we're seeing that's developing is kind of taking the principles of venture capital, which is what you call everything that's (laughs) happening in Silicon Valley, right? Like how you find, fund these big tech um, businesses, by going in very early stage, a lot of hand-holding, mm-hmm. a lot of kind of like investor and entrepreneur working together. So philanthropists and angel investors and impact investors have said, how do we take those principles and add them to the social space? So along kind of comes venture philanthropy,
1: mm-hmm.
2: which is a grant investment. But then you are installing the principles from traditional and the kind of like the due diligence and the, the rigidness of of traditional mentorship into those institutions. So that's one way. Acumen is a, is kind of a leader in, in that field. LifeCo in South Africa is as well. So these instruments are developing. And another term that we use often is the patient capital one okay. that's saying, okay, I'm going to bet on you and I'm going to give you a long life. Um, I'm going to give you a long span to pay back the money again. So a lot of these funders are working increasingly with, div- with all of the different instruments. So we're seeing a lot of funds come up that say, actually, my, my key thing is to support the entrepreneur. Yeah. So then the financial instruments become second. And that's not necessarily how it works in traditional finance. Like you'll have an equity investor, you'll have debt provider or something. But these guys are saying, how do we actually give you just the right instrument? And then how can we design that with you so it can be like grant for the first period of your life? And then we can increasingly start looking at how do we then do like a debt or an equity kind of combination? Just to be clear, a patient capital is just an
3: investor who's very patient with their money.
1: <laughs>
2: yes, basically. Yes. Somebody who okay. has a very long time.
3: Tina makes a very good point. In you, know, you go to any young entrepreneur, not just a social entrepreneur, but any entrepreneur, um, particularly in, in the hood. Mm. And you say, what do you need to get the business going? And they'll say funding. Yeah, But actually funding is the last thing they need because if they did get funding they're just not they don't have the the capacity to to manage that yeah so the the really important thing and certainly what we try and do is make these this raw talent fundable yeah and investable so that there is at least an understanding of the business plan that there is a that there's a sort of discipline around financial record keeping even if it's just keeping slips you know any any young entrepreneur you know the, their their startup funding their bootstrapping is usually their own cash or as dino said you know family friends and so then their their finances are sort of intermingled their personal finances are intermingled with with their project mm-hmm. so any funder any whether it's a grant or a prize or whatever they really want to know that that person has the discipline and the basic capability to to look after that money because otherwise it's just pouring money into a leaking bucket because then yeah. then the money won't stick so the principle is you know making those people investable or fundable um so that so that you know it the the money is used and i think that's the difference with with kind of venture philanthropy Mm. it's not just money
2: yeah
3: it really is that concern of making sure that the money is used properly
2: and we're seeing a lot more people entering that space as well like the incubators and the accelerators and these are. also a very kind of fancy term for the people that hold your hand on that journey Mm -hmm. and have design programs and are experts on on taking you on that journey and then kind of investing in you you at the end of it or facilitating investor connections at the end of that. One of the guys that are really good at that in South Africa as well is the Aveto project which we're also partnering with to do um, a masterclass on exactly how do you raise funding. Mm -hmm. So Ian is running the um, kind of the the boot camps for the investors as well. And we've been partnering um, on some of these. And then in September, we're doing a kind of a national roadshow across three cities, where we invite anything from your very early stage entrepreneur that only has an idea up until somebody who's been running for um, two to three years and is looking for expansion capital. Mm. And then we put them in front of all of the different investors in the field so everything from crowdfunding to impact investors to intermediaries and then it's small kind of workshops where they can they can hear what the investor actually wants to hear from them yeah yeah so what tina's talking about
1: is the bertha center's flagship program pathways to funding um, Pathways to Funding runs annually, um, started in 2015 with uh, in Cape Town. It'll be moving to three cities in 2016, and we t- hope to take it to greater horizons in the years to come. So to entrepreneurs out there that are keen to find out on how to get funding, keen to actually sit down with the investors themselves and get some insights from some experienced entrepreneurs, this is, this is a, a great opportunity to look into. Ian, I think this is a good opportunity to move on to, you know, our our chat about marketing. So I did my research and you are, you know, very experienced in this realm. 28 years in the game, according to my research. Which game is this? (laughs) (laughs) This is the game in business leadership, brand strategy and communications. So we've asked you to come in just to share, you know, what you think the key principles around marketing are for entrepreneurs. But more importantly, we want to chat about storytelling, which I think you're quite passionate about.
3: The most important principle in any form of communication or marketing is knowing who you're talking to. Mm. Um, and as a young social entrepreneur, you've got a whole Different group of audiences that you need to be able to to talk to to be able to get your message across, but importantly get something from. You know, there's got to be an objective behind it. Yeah. You know, so how you talk to a potential investor might be very different from the way you talk to the community where you're where you're trying to have your impact. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be different from from how you talk to a journalist. I think that that is the basic principle. The general rule of thumb is, you know, a lot of social entrepreneurs just try and tell you as much about their project as possible and start with the the what they do. And Mm. and our guiding principle is, is rather don't start with the what, start with the why. Yeah. So, you know, any social entrepreneur's gotta be driven by a strong sense of purpose of the problem that they're trying to solve. So to you know and and whether you're a funder or you're in the community, you're a human being. And what connects with our what's called the limbic brain, which is the part of your brain that really deals with emotions and, and real sort of connection with things, responds far more to an emotional story about why you're doing this yeah. than the sort of the practical, rational stuff that exists in the, the sort of the, the front part of your brain. So we always say start with the why. Start with your purpose. Start mm. with your mission. Then spread out from that to the to the how you plan to do that and then only end up with the kind of what you do um, and and that mm-hmm. you know in most cases have a, has a far more impactful result. Yeah. the other principle is is that um, shorter is better. Mm-hmm. you know sometimes you know we everybody knows the the thing about the the elevator pitch, yeah. which means you know you get into an elevator with, with somebody who can help your project, and you've got until you reach the tenth floor to be able to, to sell them on your your idea and what you want from them. So you've really got to be concise, and a, and a lot of guys struggle to edit. Yeah, and it's it's always it's far harder to write a short letter than a long letter. That's you know, true. it's 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 far far harder to to know what to leave out than to what to put in. Mm. Um, so all we do, I mean, we run a. Um, a a program called Storyteller, which which helps young young guys, and it, I suppose it again we try and not make it the sort of scientific corporate marketing side. It's about telling stories, so we just give them some useful tools on that. So for ex- instance, we we get them to imagine their their project as a movie. You know, it's okay. a story, and that's you know a movie might be one and a half hours, but how do you tell the trailer of the movie mm. in two minutes? Yeah. And and some of the most highly paid people in Hollywood are the guys who take an hour and a half story and make it a compelling two minutes. So we give them the basic principles of, you know, in a world where something, <laughs> some problem is happening, then how do you tell the story of your, your project? Yeah. Um, so so there, are, there are fundamental principles, but again, you've just got to be very clear on who you're talking to, share the why of what you're doing, Um, And then the what will take care of itself.
2: It's very interesting because when you look at that from a funder's perspective, Mm. what we hear from some of the social investors Mm. is exactly that. What they tell all of their entrepreneurs is get your impact story right. Like get your key business proposition Mm -hmm. right. Know, understand exactly what you're doing and what you're trying to make money off. And then all of your financials and and kind of like the, the nitty-gritty of your business model. We can, help you, we can help you work on. Whereas a lot of entrepreneurs will look at it from the other side. They get so stressed about the money side that they're saying, we want to be able to present financials, we want to be able to demonstrate that this can make money, that mm-hmm. then sometimes the impact story becomes the add-on. And then you're not necessarily compellingly building the whole story. So I think that links from two different sides.
3: Exactly. Uh, look, uh, you know, again, these guys often they come from backgrounds where they, yeah, you know, they're not schooled in marketing. You know, they they might have had some experience of of presenting to an audience at school or whatever. And yeah. even for you know highly qualified professionals, th- the scariest thing in life um, is, you know, some people say they would rather be. In the coffin at their own funeral, than have to make the eulogy at their own funeral. You know, it's, it's public speaking can be can be quite scary. Yeah. But again, you know, if you do it from a from what really motivates you and drives you, and you speak from the heart, and you don't concentrate too much, but but you just be very clear on keeping that 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 sense of purpose. And and obviously, you've got to end up in the what you know. What do you want from the audience? You know, yeah. what do you, if you're talking to the community. You know what do you want from them? You want their cooperation. You want their support. You want their endorsement. Um, so be very clear on where you're going to end up. Yeah. But but people respond to to human beings' core core purpose, yeah. not to fancy language, fancy marketing terms, etc. So so that's the most important principle.
1: I have a question just based off something I I read the other day that there was this article um, in the Stanford uh, Social Innovators Review saying the pitch is dead, you know, Um, and what they're saying there is from the investor's perspective, you know, it can get quite exhausting to listen to pitches repetitively, right? And then from the entrepreneur's perspective, as you've mentioned, you know, sometimes you only have two minutes with this investor, right? Then how do you try to bridge the gap between what, what the investor wants to hear, which is, okay, yes, the why, but what are you actually doing? And how do you then bridge that with the entrepreneur being able to express that purpose-driven side of things in that two minutes? It doesn't sound like a very easy task to, to get through.
3: Look, I think the thing is with those pitching competitions, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. you're right. I think, you know, if you have a, a full day of people coming along and being given two minutes, then it's not all all it is is a a filtering process mm-hmm. and nobody's gonna make an investment decision based on two minute conversation. Yeah. So all you're trying to do is buy yourself the next five minutes or okay. the next two hours.
1: Okay.
3: Um, so you're just in in that sort of field of, of everybody else who's pitching You've, you've just got to, to to try and make your purpose resonate and you as an individual come across as somebody worth having a conversation with.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, very few competitions issue the money or the prizes based on that two-minute pitch. Or if they do, it's not a real funding exercise, it's just a pitching competition, yeah. you know what I mean? So the, in those competitions, you don't have real investors, well, you might have some real investors, but it's more to encourage the process. Yeah. So it's more like a training for the real, the real thing. Mm. So the competitions that I was talking about, those are the slightly deeper ones where there's more thought goes into it. You know, you've got to to sort of demonstrate the business model. But I think I don't think the pitch is dead. Everything you <laughs> do in life, you know, in some form or other, you're pitching to somebody. Yeah. The pitch has a bad connotation, but you're in a transaction, you're in a communication with somebody, and you want an outcome, yeah. and that's all you've got to focus on. The there there is the danger, and I think the smart investors or the smart incubators can spot the difference between a really good storyteller Mm -hmm. and an entrepreneur who's got a good project and who might not be a kind of, you know, polished storyteller. Mm -hmm. And so storytelling is a vehicle. It's not the end result. It's Or storytelling is the means of getting a a compelling purpose to the right audience. Um, And there are some people, and we often (laughs) We see it, you know, in the in the world of social or the the days of social media, you know, there are a lot of social media entrepreneurs out there, not social (laughs) entrepreneurs, people who spend more time sort of uh, making themselves look good on Facebook than than actually having the impact that they said they were they were wanting to have. Um, So you've got to find that balance Mm. um, because sometimes you fall in love with your own story and it gets detached from the thing that you set off to do in the first place.
2: I think actually where where Ian started as well, talking about um, what the Red Bull and Mapico program really trains and about like how, y- how you kind of uncover your passion and how you convey that is what I took from, from the article that, mm-hmm. uh, that you were talking about, the pitch is dead. Because I think it was investors also saying, we're a little bit tired of seeing that surface. We actually want to connect with the investors and we want to be we want to kind of be inspired and encouraged by the stories yeah. it 's not it 's not necessarily dead the unfortunately it 's a way of connecting and finding the entrepreneurs and it 's a way of finding the the gems mm. where there 's not necessarily an established ecosystem so that 's been it's been one of the easy ways so to speak in At least in South Africa and in in other parts of the continent as well, where you can say, well, if we have this pitch competition, at least we know that people will come to us. And now you're seeing people increasingly thinking differently about how do we do these programs and how do we actually kind of have a longer, more sustained um, interaction with the entrepreneurs. One of the good examples is the, is the Tony Lomelo uh, Entrepreneurship Programme, mm-hmm. which is trying to do exactly that. Take a thousand entrepreneurs across the continent. It's also slightly ambitious, <laughs> but take a thousand entrepreneurs across the continent, early stage, what what connect them with mentors and, and the, the foundation's entrepreneurship support network as well. And then give them a small amount of seed funding, mm-hmm. and then so a lot of people are thinking about how do we how do we take a more systemic approach to the to the pitch. So maybe the pitch competition is moving, but the pitch and I think so certainly is, is here harder. to stay. You mentioned Ian that
1: you you offer the storyteller program. So what are some of the principles that you impart to entrepreneurs on how to storytell their business, how to communicate their business to someone?
3: Yeah, uh, as I mentioned, you know, you start with the why. Mm. Um, you then, you know, you identify, um, you know, the, the, the different audiences and, and uh, you know, you've got any individual conversation or any individual interaction you might have. Mm. But I think the, 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 the most important thing is, is, is a plan for who all your different audiences are. So community family and friends, yeah. you know, that, we often forget that they're one of the most important audiences because particularly you know, young guys in the hood who are trying to do something different are being told by their parents, what the hell are you doing? You can't make money from that, go and get a job. Yeah. So being able to, to convince them that what you're doing is right to cut you some slack and actually allow, allowed, be allowed to get on and do it. Yeah. So look at all the different audiences, plan the key messages, mm. you know, and literally very, very simple, clear messages. Um, and then, and then, what's the best way of reaching them? Obviously, family and friends—it's a face-to-face conversation, or a, maybe a kind of a social media conversation with a broader group of friends. Yeah. But if you work on the principle of, of, of who you're talking to, and how you're going to talk to them, yeah, you know, both in ter- in terms of the tone and the message, but then also the best channel for doing that. So, if you want to get your your story out into the media. I mean there's a great story of one of our entrepreneurs who decided she wanted to be on the cover of Forbes magazine. So she and luckily she's got an amazing project which which most people would would happily put in their publication but she she did her homework. She looked at Forbes Africa. She mm-hmm. looked looked for the journalists within the the um the publication that were dealing with her kind of uh, topic, you know, entrepreneurial women in Africa. Yeah, she contacted the woman, said, "I've got a great story for you. Um, I'll I'll help you write it, um, but if you don't mind, could you let me know quickly? Because I've also promised the story to CNN." <laughs> Meanwhile, she had the conversation with CNN and said, yeah, same thing. But would you mind just letting me know quickly? Because Forbes Africa want the story as well. <laughs> That's great. She ended up in both. So she got wow. onto the cover of Forbes Africa and she got covered on CNN. Look, she's an amazing girl with an amazing project. Yeah. Um, but the principle is just be very clever about who you're talking to and how you're to reach them. Mm. Um, so those are the, the basic principles. But I think, as I said earlier, the most important thing is just, you know, is, is being as, as short and simple as possible. You know, if I... If I throw five tennis balls at you now, you'll drop every single one of them. But if I throw one at a time, mm-hmm. then you'll catch them. And the principle of communication is the same, that too often we put so much stuff into what we're saying. We, we run ahead of ourselves. If we're in a pitch, we talk really rapidly in really long sentences. And the principle is to slow it down, short, make, be very clear about the three points that you want to make mm-hmm. and make them very clearly and put nice pauses in between them.
1: Thank you, Ian. Thank you, Tina, for joining me today. I think that, um, you both have shared some interesting insights around finance and marketing for social entrepreneurs. Definitely some great ideas to take forward. What I'm hearing and what I'm taking away is that beyond these principles, if we want to support entrepreneurs, if we want to see them do well, we have to provide the support, the mentorship behind
0: what, you know, traditional business principles would be considered to be. Thanks so much to Ian Culvert and to Tina Fisker-Henriksen of Bertha Centre for sharing their experiences. So, Bame, from that, we need to remember what exactly? The key
1: things to remember are, one, don't rely only on traditional forms of funding to finance your business, your project or your enterprise. There are new innovative ways to do this and the Bertha Centre works well in finding new financing models for you. On the storytelling side, you need to realize that your marketing is key. You need to know your business inside and out and you need to be able to tell its story,
0: the impact story, not the elevator pitch. So important. Be sure to download our next episode in the series, Social Enterprise 101, brought to you by the Bertha Center for Social Innovation and Entrepreneurship and Prime Media Broadcasting. We'll be wrapping up this podcast series on social enterprise. From me, Spongile Mafu and Bame Motungwa. Thanks for listening and remember to tweet us at Bertha Centre.